Okay, so I think uh, I bit off more than I could chew with that one. So lots of different questions. So I'll try my best to kind of bring together the ones that I can remember. And maybe if at the end of the talk I forgot to mention something and someone still has like something urgent, you can just raise your hand. So so I kind of feel like I'll start. So when I was in the monastery, we sat every day for an hour in the morning, like five to six in the morning, and then we sat for half an hour at night. And then there was times we did retreats where we would sit sometimes like six hours, seven hours, eight hours a day. Uh, I've done retreats where it's more like maybe 10 hours a day of sitting. And um, different frameworks kind of up the intensity, I guess. You could say it kind of like, um, I always had this feeling of like when I was on retreat, something was being kind of like screwed in and like tightened. It's like a vice or something. You're getting really just pushed into the practice and you can't run away from it and you're just constantly in that state. And um, since I left the monastery, I personally have been sitting more irregularly. So I don't have for myself, like I don't jump out of bed at five in the, every morning and sit and meditate, you know. I meditate much more regularly and also because I teach meditation so often, uh, I'm also meditating for my work, which is like an interesting thing to do. So my meditation at the moment, it's kind of just more flowy and sporadic and that kind of feels like my approach and my way. Um, so the way that meditation works is that we usually have a mind that's very scattered and it's scattered outwardly. It's scattered through our senses, through like seeing, hearing, feeling, you know, smelling. It's, it's through our senses out. But also the sense, we have also like a mind sense. So in Buddhism, there's six senses, right? So when we hear the sixth sense, we think of like Bruce Willis and dead people in the M. Night Shyamalan movie, right? Um, that the sixth sense is like some extraordinary sense. But actually in Buddhism, we say that the mind is the sixth sensory organ. So the same way that like your eyes perceive sights, your, or we could even say your eyes perceive mental ob, or visual objects, your ears perceive like auditory objects, right? We say that your mind perceives mental objects, right? So I can see something, but then also my mind can, it can feel something, right? Or I can think of something. So it has this internal sensoriness to it. Um, when we sit to meditate, one of the things that we are often trying to do is have something called peace. We're here to be peaceful, we're here to relax, we're here to kind of unwind. And there's this thing, this thought, um, I've noticed a lot in the West that thinking is like the enemy to meditation. Every time I have a meditation class, I have people that speak as if they're going to war on their thoughts. Right? trying to push my thoughts away. How do I kill my thoughts? How do I stop thinking? I keep thinking. Why am I always thinking? You know, like as if thinking are these like, you know, cockroaches in your mind that you're trying to squish and get rid of, right? Um, so the right understanding of the mind is that when the mind is collected, right? Another word for collection is concentration. So in meditation, we talk about concentration. Um, don't think about it like we think about it in school, like concentrating, like 
focusing and kind of scrunching up and trying to like stay there. Concentration actually just means something is collected. Yeah, if you think about like in chemistry, a concentrated solution, right? There's like a lot of that solution concentrated in one spot, it's collected in one spot. So the mind concentrates, it comes together. When the mind comes together, the mind becomes more powerful, it becomes more like unified, and also kind of as um, a necessity, the mind becomes more peaceful. That when the mind feels good, when the mind feels like a, sen a certain sense of wholeness to itself, it collects and it comes in. When the mind feels irritated and agitated, that's when the mind is kind of like wavy and it kind of shoots out in all these places. It's discontent, it's looking to escape, right? Or it's looking to get something that's not here, right? So it's always trying to get something different than just being here. So if you're sitting to meditate and you're having a lot of thoughts or your mind is running off, that just means that your mind is in a state of discontentment. Your mind is in a state of scatteredness. So thoughts are just a byproduct of having a discontent mind. Having no thoughts is a byproduct of having a contented and gathered and concentrated mind. So don't um, focus on your thoughts. Don't try to not have thoughts. or try Leave that alone. Really focus on allowing yourself to be present, allowing yourself to feel good here. Yeah, we're here to like relax and unwind, to be at peace and be present. So if there's things that come up, just allow them to be there. Don't be fighting against anything. Okay, so that's like a really important principle for meditation is not to fight against anything, not to try to have anything happen. Somebody asked about walking meditation. So when you do walking meditation, it's the same principle. The same way like we sit here and we relax and we breathe and we feel our breath. It's like we allow our mind to concentrate around the feeling of the breath. Also, when you're doing walking meditation, you just feel the ground beneath you. You allow your mind to concentrate on the feeling of the body. Yeah, it's very, very basic, it's very simple. You can almost like practice that right now as you're sitting here. Just feel your body as I'm talking to you. Just feel your body sitting here. Yeah, so that's as basic as it is, right? Really basic body awareness. It's just dropping in and feeling feeling how you're feeling right now. So another question came up about insights, about what is insight or how that kind of works and how it comes together. So the mind, if you look at your mind right now, your mind that's looking at me, everyone look at me, right? Pay attention, right? Listen. When you put your mind up against something, when you look, when you focus, when you listen, you're directing your mind at something. When you keep your mind at that thing, you start to get information from it because the mind has awareness and also cognition all at once, right? Stick out your finger. This is called the finger meditation. Stick out your finger. Look at your finger, okay? And now keep looking at your finger. So allow your mind to collect around your finger, right? And allow your mind just to stay there for a couple seconds. And look, and start to notice. Notice all the lines on your finger. Notice the fingernail, notice the color, right? So the creases, the shape. Really just look at your finger. And as you're looking at your finger, 
notice that you haven't really looked at your finger like this in a long time. Maybe for some of you in your entire life, this is the longest you've ever just looked at your finger. Yet your finger has always been right next to you, right near you. It's been right by your side this whole time, right in front of your face. Okay, you can stop looking at your finger. So when you allow your mind to come to something, to concentrate around it, you start seeing it clearly. This ties into what we were talking about before with your mind in a normal day. It's very scattered. It's jumping around. It's thinking. It's feeling. It's here. It's there. It's, it's everywhere except just being where it is. Okay? It's like a, uh, I don't know, it's like a dog. And if you ever walk a dog on a leash, anyone here have a dog? Hands off, dogs. Anyone here ever, ever had a dog? Ever walked a dog? So when you're walking a dog on a leash and it kind of goes this way and it goes that way and it wraps around you and dogs have this weird thing where they don't understand vertical objects and that their leashes can't go through them, right? So the dog like wraps itself around the trees and stuff and you have to like follow it through bushes and all this, right? But it's just kind of going here and there and there and there and it's jumping all over the place, you know? Uh, it's the exact same feeling. We sit and meditate. We just watch our mind. It's like sniffing over here. It's sniffing over there. It's seeing what that is. It's growling at something it didn't like, right? Now it's tired. Now that the mind is just jumping, 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 going everywhere. Yeah, so it's very scattered. Because the mind is so scattered, it's not staying with any one thing. It's not able to really learn anything. Right? That's why in school, a lot of people, like, they give their kids medication, right? Because they want their kids' minds to focus, right? That's a whole other talk, by the way. But, right? That they want their minds to focus because once your mind is focused, then you can learn. Right? So that's true. Uh, Again, whole other talk, but the way that medication is used is totally incorrect, but another talk. Um, but that understanding of if you can just bring your mind to focus, if you can bring your mind to collect, if you can bring your mind to rest on an object, if you can bring your mind to stay in one place, you'll start to get information because you have your full cognition and your full awareness present at once. So the whole reason that we're doing this, I could even like um, maybe give you like the easy way to talk about this whole path, is that as we're doing these practices of meditation, of mind training, we're slowly building up the muscle, or we're slowly building up the force of a mind that's able to stay present, a mind that's able to collect, a mind that's able to stay here, to not be running away all the time. And the more that your mind can stay here, the more you can start to see things clearly. Okay? So if you're able to stay here with your mind, has anyone ever had to like sit themselves down for a second? Yeah? Does anyone know what I mean when I say that? <coughs> so sometimes in life I'll be like doing something and I'll be like upset about something or something just happened and I have to literally just stop and like sit down for a second and process and feel what's going on, think about something, really uh, like adjust myself to like news that I've just heard or to a feeling I've had for a few days. I'm finally like, okay, let me just deal with this because I'm done you know, carrying it around. Do you guys know what I'm talking about now? Does that make more sense? Right? So what is that about sitting yourself down? That's sitting yourself down means that you're stopping, you're taking your complete focus, you're taking your complete concentration ability your complete mind power, and you're bringing it to one theme. 
you're bringing it to one object, to one idea, to understand it, to give it your undivided attention, to understand for yourself what to do with it, how, what to do about it, and then you move on, right? So when your mind is here and present, you start to then see things more clearly, right? You start to see how things really are. Oh, okay, wow, my finger is kind of bent and it has more creases than I thought it did. And oh, okay, I guess that's why it hurts when I play tennis. And oh, maybe I should actually hold the racket like this instead of like that. And suddenly I have a whole new understanding of how to readjust my, my life because I realize like my finger's a little bent, for instance, right? Is that if you can sit and you look at your mind clearly, you look at your life clearly, you look at the people in your life clearly, you look at the energy you're giving out clearly. You start to understand it, and you start to understand a new approach. Yeah, and this is where Buddhism and uh, meditation and things like this, they start to work with the combination of your mind and meditation being directly connected to your mind in daily life. Because if I'm sitting here, and the whole time that I'm sitting here, I, uh, you know, I'm worried about, uh, you know, my house is a mess. I haven't cleaned my house in uh, days. And I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, oh my God, it's so dirty and I don't feel good there and da da da. And I'm obsessing about all this stuff in my house, right? That's kind of a, an alarm bell that's like, I should probably clean my house because obviously it makes me feel uncomfortable when my house is a mess, right? So by sitting with my mind, I suddenly understand myself better. And now I know how to live my life in a different way that allows my mind to be more peaceful. So it's very basic like that. Just by spending time with yourself, you understand yourself better, and then you know how to change things around you to make your life more peaceful, make it easier. There's, however, a whole other side to that, where let's say that I'm sitting here and I'm obsessing, oh my god, my house is a mess and it's so dirty and stuff. But the truth is, like, I cleaned my house this morning, and I cleaned my house yesterday, and I cleaned my house the day before that I would see that I'm obsessing about this and I'd stop and I'd say, Seth, you're insane. Your house is clean. You don't have to clean your house every day. It's okay, you can let it go. So sometimes we have to clean our house. Sometimes we have to do external actions to allow our mind to get peaceful. But sometimes we have to change the mind itself. Sometimes we have to look at the mind and say, hey, the problem is not out there. The problem isn't because you didn't do something. The problem is that you need to chill out. You need to let go of something. You need to change your understanding. You need to change your relationship to life. So this is what meditation starts to do, is you start to see your mind very, very clearly. And you start to see what are the things in my life I need to change, but also what are the things in my own mind that I need to change like a computer program. What are the programs that are going out of control? What do we need to shut down? Yeah, so we start seeing clearly what needs to change, what needs to be adjusted, and then making those adjustments would be called development or process or purifying the mind. That you're slowly undoing things. You're slowly living a life that is more freeing for you, a life that is more in your integrity, a life that you can really stand behind. And simultaneously, you're working on yourself to start to let go of things, to open things up, to be more kind, to be more understanding, to work on yourself that you become kind of like a softer, easier, more manageable person. And those two things together, working on yourself inside and working on yourself outside, doing those two things together, that starts to create a, a really powerful harmony in your life. And then you start to feel happy 
like more consistently in your life with what you're doing. Yeah, and then that happiness and that freedom and that understanding, that just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And it keeps getting more and more and more subtle. I'll give an example of that. Do you know, anybody here know Thich Nhat Hanh? Has anyone ever heard of that? Maybe asked it last time, Thich Nhat Hanh, so Vietnamese Zen master. He's written hundreds of books. Uh, he was nominated by Martin Luther King Jr. for Nobel Peace Prize. So if you could think about what kind of person Martin Luther King Jr. would nominate for a Nobel Peace Prize, right? So Thich Nhat Hanh, he was um, a Vietnamese refugee, right? So he was a boat person. He had to leave Vietnam in a boat. And, he was a monk, and he kind of worked for peace his entire life to bring peace to Vietnam, to his people, and then also just to bring peace to the world. And he built different kind of meditation communities around the world for people to practice mindfulness and respect and integrity and things like this. And um, I stayed at his monastery in France for two months. And there was one day where he, his attendant came, and he had a letter. And it was for me, and he said, you know, and they call Thich Nhat Hanh Thai. It's like the respectful, kind of venerable in Vietnamese Thai. They said, Thai would like you to have dinner with him tonight. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. You know? So that night, I went to Thich Nhat Hanh's hut. And I went into his hut. And um, there was like me and his two attendants. And uh, one of my friends was there, too. So there's like the four of us and Thich Nhat Hanh in this little table in his hut. And um, Thich Nhat Hanh, everything he does, he does very slow. One of the reporters from one of the Buddhist magazines said, oh, so you, know, you guys are always practicing sitting and walking meditation at your monastery, huh? And he said, no, no, we don't practice sitting and walking meditation. We just practice sitting and walking. Yeah. He says that every time I drink my tea is my meditation. I take my tea, and I lift it in my hand, and I feel the warmth of the tea, and I smile at the tea, and I see that that tea is made of the sunlight, and the rain, and the plants, and the work of all these people. And I give thanks for my tea, and then I drink it, and I feel the warmth go into my mouth and down into my stomach. And I smile, and I enjoy that warmth, and I thank my tea again, and I breathe, and I put it down, right? So it's like in every moment, right, finding a way to just be present and happy in every moment is his practice. It's very profound, right? And um, I was at his monastery, and I was really struggling to, I would say, be happier, right? I would, I would walk and walking meditation is monastery. I do sitting. I would kind of do everything very slowly. Uh, but I was feeling kind of like an irritation all the time. And I felt like I want to go deeper. Like this isn't enough. I want to really go into deep meditation. And this feels like general like life mindfulness training, but I want something more. And uh, so I went to his hut and you know we had dinner and there's no talking you know, at dinner. And he just sits and eats very slowly. Every bite he chews like 50 times or something, so it was like a long, you know, wasn't a lot of food, but it took a long time to eat it. And then eventually he kind of finishes the meal and he puts it down. And he just kind of looks over at me and he smiles. And he says, you know, life is kind of like instant noodle soup. And I said, okay. And he said, yeah, you know, practice. This practice we're doing. Practice is like instant noodle soup. And I was just kind of like, uh-huh. You know, I was like, is he crazy or what's going on? You know, I was like, okay. And he said, yeah, you don't have to wait to enjoy. Okay, good night. And then he kind of got up, and then I like bowed, and I left. And I was 
kind of like, what the hell is that? You know, okay. And I went the next day and my monk friends came like, so you had dinner with Ty, how was it? And I was like, yeah, it was weird. weird. It was just quiet the whole time. And then he said, practicing is like instant noodle soup. You don't have to wait to enjoy it. And my friend just looked at me and he's like, wow. And I said, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And over the next month there, I sat with that sentence. And that sentence, it like slowly over my next month started kind of like wriggling its way deeper and deeper, like burrowing into my heart. This like little weird energetic seed that he gave me, like a true Zen master. It slowly just started burrowing deeper and deeper into my heart. And then slowly I started having these realizations which he saw completely clearly. He saw my mind completely clearly in a way that I couldn't see it myself. It's that I was always trying to find happiness later. I was always trying to find peace later. Like as if first I practice now and then later I get the peace. First I practice now and then later I get the happiness. And he kind of just looked at me and right away said, you're not happy because you think that it's coming later. But practice is like instant noodle soup. You don't have to wait to enjoy. And I realized, oh wow, if you're practicing correctly, you should be enjoying it right now. It should feel good to sit here. It should feel good to take a break. It should feel good to breathe. I should be experiencing happiness and joy now if I'm practicing. If I'm practicing trying to get somewhere else that's not here, that's the same thing that's been screwing me up the whole time. That's the same thing that screws up everybody. That's the definition of stress. Wanting something else from this present moment, right? Wanting this present moment to be different. That's what stress is all about. And I had taken that same mindset into my practice, but so subtly that I didn't even see it. I was like wearing a pair of glasses. You know, I was wearing my pink colored glasses and everywhere I looked was pink. And I thought I was seeing the world clearly. And this Zen master just looks at me, he's like, no, you're wearing pink glasses, take them off. You know, and this is what meditation does is that you slowly start being able to remove these more and more subtle misperceptions these more and more, these subtler and subtler wrong understandings, ways that we're keeping ourselves miserable without even realizing it, keeping ourselves trapped without even realizing it. Yeah, and that's what this practice does. The deeper that the meditation goes, the deeper you see the mind, the deeper you start peeling back these layers. You start seeing things, understanding them, working with them, right? And it's a whole really deep process of change. So I know a lot of you just came here because you said, oh, I just want to relax. You know, I'm just here to relax. And I'd say to you, okay, yeah, you can relax and meditate. But there's also just a, 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 a giant transformational system embedded in this practice that, you know, it's all tied in there. And I think for our sit today, and maybe we'll, after this talk, we'll sit for like a half an hour. So we'll really get a big block of sitting in and push everyone to their meditation limits. But what I really want us to focus on for today's class is that message that Thich Nhat Hanh gave to me and now I've given to you. And to know, if you ask me, you know, what is meditation, what is practice, what is it that we're doing here, I would say to you, see how you can 
sit here with your eyes closed and enjoy being here. How can you find freedom right now? How can you find happiness right now? You know, and it's not sitting thinking, man, if I had some hot chocolate, I'd be happy. No. So nothing that's not here. Not sitting here and, and like having fantasies about going off to the beach somewhere, right? Or, man, if only I was home right now watching Netflix, then I'd be happy. You know, how can you be right here experiencing just this and find your happiness, find your joy, find your sense of freedom? Because that's all that this is about is that this present moment is enough. Everything right now is fine. Look at us. We're sitting here. We're safe, right? There's not bombs dropping on us. There's not wolves at the doors. We're relatively well-fed. We're relatively healthy. We're relatively comfortable. Yeah? We're all doing OK. We're all OK. We're in, it's enough. It's fine. It's life, right? Good and bad, but we're good. It's enough. Yeah, we all have problems, big and small, but like that's all that it is, just some problems, okay. But there's really no reason for all of us that we couldn't just sit here and feel happy. I've seen people much worse off than us. You know, I've lived in India for a couple of years. There's people much worse off than us that are very, very, very happy all the time. You know, so what is it? What is it in our mind that's keeping us from being able to be happy? What is it? What is our wrong understanding? What is our misperception? What are the habits that we've built up, that we believe? What are the beliefs that we're holding that prevent us from being able to be like in bliss, just sitting here? Yeah, and that's all this process is about. That's what this practice is, is slowly just bringing the mind in, relaxing, seeing the levels, the layers, pulling them back, dropping things, releasing things, becoming more comfortable just being here being more present, more stable, more collected. Yeah. And then the thoughts will go away by themselves. Everything drops by itself. Your only task, really, is just to see for yourself, how can I just feel good being here? If you can feel good being here, meditation happens all by itself. No work's involved. So that's my impulse for today. And I'll guide us now in a meditation as well. So I'll guide you into the meditation. And then I'll kind of leave you in the silence for a little bit so you can find your orientation, give you some little impulses within it. But um, yeah, but see how you can really use this time in a way that feels good for you as well. So I'm going to ask you to sit now in a position that feels comfortable, that feels stable in a way that you feel like you can sit for a little while. Um, when I began meditating, I could only sit for like 10 minutes at a time until my body was hurting. So it did take some time for me to adjust, to figure it out, to find a position that felt good for me. Some of you have your knees up like this. You can also grab blankets and stick them under your knees so then you have some more support so you're not wobbly, right? Or you could sit up higher so then your knees go down more blankets. So a lot of it is just sitting position. And again, if you want to sit in a chair, I don't know if there's, there's like one chair in the back behind the desk. There's nothing wrong with sitting in a chair, right? You're not a failure at meditation if you're not forcing yourself and cross legs on the ground. Uh, it's happening in the mind, not in the body, so it's okay. 
So get into the position that feels comfortable for you and stable. Taking some deep breaths, kind of collecting yourself, arriving more fully in this room, and then whenever you're ready, you can close your eyes. 